Welcome to Beaver Life with Lucy Green. Hi, welcome to another Beaver Pod Life episode. Today I've got with me Marie Rippingale. Marie is the chair of our new nurse committee and I've got her here today to chat to me a little bit about the committee and how it's come about and how she feels passionately about upskilling and utilising nurses better in practice. So Marie's got a really impressive CV. Thanks for coming today, Marie. (laughs) I know you're shaking your head, but you really have. (laughs) So you've been in practice since 2003, is that right? Yep. Yeah, and you started off um, initially before that with an equine sports science um, degree, which you got first class honours in. So we already know what type of person you are. Um, (laughs) And then you qualified as an EVN, an equine veterinary nurse. Then you were clearly not satisfied with that many letters. So went on to get an advanced diploma in veterinary nursing with an equine context in 2013. Then you also at some point got your SQP for farm and equine. <laughs> I mean, this is just unbelievable. Um, and you're also an internal quality assurer, an IQA, which uh, means you go around making sure all the nursing portfolios and, and all their um, qualification is all up scratch. And then your current role, your equine programme lead for the equine veterinary nursing diploma at Bottle Green Training in Derbyshire, which is a private college that runs apprenticeships. So thanks for coming. Could you give me a little um, sort of story about yourself, about how you've come to doing the role that you are today? Right. Thanks very much for having me to start with. I don't think we should congratulate me too much for being a qualification hoarder. I don't think there should be too much, you know, kind of positiveness put on that. Um, So, yes. So um, I just really loved horses, obviously, from a young age, worked my way through my degree and took a year out at an an equine veterinary practice. And that's where I developed an interest in, in equine veterinary nursing. And as the rest of the CV goes, just kind of, yeah, got obsessed with that, got as many qualifications as I could. Um, I was in practice a long time and I went through all the roles that I could go through. So I went through being a head nurse, a clinical coach, um, a senior nurse. I've also done the examining stuff as well. Um, And then that really led me into a pathway into education. So um, I stepped into full time education in 2019 and I now run the specific equine veterinary nursing qualification. That's my job at the moment. Amazing. And I gather you've been involved with Beaver for quite some years because um, I think you stuck your head above the parapet quite rightly and said at, at Congress one year that there just wasn't enough nursing education. There wasn't, enough, there wasn't even a nursing stream, I gather, which is really shameful. And um, I'm glad you you piped up. And I think Mark Bowen was it that basically said, right, come on, you're uh, getting involved and you were co-opted onto the education committee, which you've been doing for seven years. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, I may have made very, very small fuss. At, um, at a Beaver President's lunch one year at, at Beaver Congress. It wasn't a fuss. I just went and asked politely why there was no nursing stream because, you know, although I do love going to the vet lectures and they're very helpful, it's just nice to see a stream dedicated to nurses and student nurses um, on, on our subjects and developing our interests. And, and I kind of went and questioned why that wasn't the case. And then <laughs> as a punishment for making that very small amount of trouble, Mark <laughs> Bowen put me on the education committee and said, right, go and make a difference then. So I've, I've kind of been sat on, co-opted onto there since about 2015. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, kind of helping Beaver out with um, education and kind of CPD since then. That's brilliant. And I mean, that just sums it up, really. You have advocated for nurses the whole time and you've obviously so passionate about the education side and promoting them as well. Like they're the most 
valuable members at some hospitals and clinics. Um, you know, they couldn't run without them, quite literally. Um, so that's obviously why you were chosen to chair the new nurse committee, which, you know, you've done a fantastic job of already. I mean, the council meeting we had before Christmas, you just stormed it. I mean, the whole the whole afternoon was dedicated to talking about what nurses currently do and the issues in in the sort of variety that we see out in practice different practices treat nurses in different ways and use their skills in different ways which you know we're not saying it's right or wrong necessarily we're not criticizing but there is um yes particularly with the lack of um you know the workforce problems we've got now in our industry that now is the time if never any other time to really start re-educating and re-looking at how we use different members of our teams in our practices clinics hospitals nurses are underutilized we know that I know there's lots of gray areas about schedule three so we're going to probably leave that for another day when we've done some more work with your committee but talk to me a little bit about how much variety there is in practice and how nurses can be you know from doing basically horse handling all the way up to sort of assisting in surgeries and things talk to me a little bit about your opinions of that yeah so there's a massive variety on on how nurses are used we've got some really forward-thinking practices that put their nurses through their training they understand exactly what we go through they understand exactly what we're allowed to do and they will let you do exactly that and also try to you know push the boundaries and develop you as a person at the same time so you'll have some practices that will absolutely use their equine nurses for what they're supposed to do which is just so wonderful to see and then you'll get some practices that are maybe not so sure about what they can delegate to their nurses and, and, and are maybe happier to keep them in a, in a horse holding or, you know, nursing care assistant role where you do a lot of trotting up, holding, you know, and a little bit of the mucking out and the grooming, which, you know, are all parts of a nursing role. And we all enjoy doing that. But if you've spent three years at college studying and dedicating basically your life, I mean, you guys know going through the vet qualification, it's hard. It's a hard qualification. You work full-time a lot of the time with the equine nurses depending if you're doing a degree or you're doing vocational and you've got all this work coming at you practical exams written exams um assignments to write you know we've gone through a lot to get the qualification that we've got and we would like to use it so it's sometimes a bit of a shame when you see practices maybe not utilizing their nurses but I think the core of that is this you know just not understanding schedule three and there's so many gray areas and they're too scared to delegate you know procedures because they're going to get in trouble or they're not sure about the skill set and I think that's you know an, an area where you can make a, a massive difference as a committee you know trying to break it all down for everybody and deliver that education the best way we can so that people feel happier and trusting in what the nurses can do and then the nurses will be happier in their role. Exactly and I think that's the key isn't it it's, it's clarity isn't it that's what we all really need is clarity over what can be done what can't be done where people's roles start and finish and obviously it's never going to be that black and white and there's crossover isn't there and I think a great sort of example of that is where you know experienced nurses particularly could be used to train you know inexperienced new graduate vets and interns and people like that you know and so there will be a huge crossing over of the roles actually but that's a nice thing and that helps each other out and that makes it much easier to work as a team because you can be flexible and dip in and out of different roles and um, and I guess you've you've worked in you know different types of practice. You've you're now de- going down the teaching and lecturing side. You know how do you see nurses being better used when it comes to, for instance, teaching interns? Or you've mentioned to me before going out on the road. You know what sort of roles would you like to see sort of emphasised? I suppose if we can going forward. Yeah. So I think the the very valuable um, point 
is that we can be used to teach interns and new grads as well. So there's often um, a little bit of a a problem in practice where the interns and the nurses are fighting for procedures, which is, you know, crazy really, because, you know, we can happily train and supervise and help new grads and, and interns do, you know, the procedures that we do. Um, and then we can continue doing it at the same time. There's no need for there to be a battle over that or, you know, a standoff about it. And I think what you said really touched on it is we're supposed to be a team. We're supposed to be working as a team. And that that's the whole point is that, People don't need to feel threatened by using, you know, equine veterinary nurses or registered nurses to their full potential. It just means it opens a load of more doors to the rest of you. So if vets are delegating procedures to us, then they can go off and concentrate on what's within their remit and their their skill set. And we can then, you know, actually focus on our skill set. We're not stealing jobs or stealing roles. We're not a threat. We're actually, you know, it's enhancing the team because then we can take on more responsibility and, and we can go you know, down a different path while you guys go and go in your direction and do your path and we both get to develop in that way so there doesn't need to be a you know a problem there but you know absolutely teaching um, in terms supporting younger vets and teaching our nurses as well so um you know being clinical coaches and, and helping the nurses through the qualification because as nurses we understand it better than anyone else we've been through it we understand the qualification inside out and we are the best people to be supporting those, not not doing vets any disservice at all. But if there is a chance for the nurses to become clinical coaches, um, that's really nice as well because we've been through the the you know the, the qualification ourselves. So it's good for us then to to help others. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's that's a really good point there. That you know, we want to try and keep people in the professions, and we want people to feel fulfilled and challenged, and having you know, it's all very well if as an individual you do want to just coast along doing the same thing for many years or decades but probably a greater proportion of people both vets and nurses um want to sort of have a new challenge have a new sort of career path new sort of opportunities made available to them you you're a real sort of fan of that aren't you you really believe in allowing there to be a different array of opportunities to to nurses as i do to vets you know we shouldn't feel like there is one career path available and that's it and if you go off that you've somehow abandoned your professional left your your kind of chosen destination that you should have been aiming for what what bits of the sort of nursing career paths would you feel really passionate about keeping keeping open to individuals I think I think once you've got that qualification, it's just a passport to wherever you want to go. Like, you know, everyone expects you to stay in practice and to a certain extent that is a, a fantastic thing. You work your way up, you go to being head nurse, senior nurse, you work in referral. That's just one career path though. There's so many other things that we can be doing. There's the volunteer work that you can be doing. And there's so many layers in education that you can do, you know, from program lead to internal quality assuring to, um, you know, being a tutor, which is a big new challenge as well. Um, and then there's all the other stuff as well within practice. And I know, you know, Rosina's mentioned before about going into management, you know, practice management, all that kind of stuff. You know, just because you've left your clinical job doesn't mean that you've stopped being a nurse or that you've lost your skills or anything like that. You know, you have to develop as a person. We're not meant to stay in the same place doing the same thing. We're supposed to grow and develop. So rather than seeing it as someone's given up and failed, it's actually they're moving on to another stage or another path. And that should be supported and, and celebrated as well. And you mustn't rule out how many other people you help by doing that as well. So it's about, you know, helping others too. And if that's the best way for you to help others shape your profession and, you know, show some support, then that's also a good a good thing to do. So I think that idea needs to be challenged now because it's a bit out of date. Yeah, it is. And I think we're seeing that in the profession widely, aren't we? You know, there's there's Facebook groups, there's all sorts of work being done 
particularly with the vet side, where obviously the numbers are just higher by nature of the of the profession. But, you know, people are realising there are opportunities out there which, you know, mean that you, it, you know, and if we're aware of them early on in our careers and when we're applying to do these kinds of jobs and professions and vocations, we, we know that there are options out there. You're not just heading down this kind of dead end in, in some ways. I mean, nursing as it is at the moment, I mean, something we talked about before we started recording was the ambulatory nursing. I'm really interested in that. I was an ambulatory vet. You know, there were many times I was being called out to do jobs at yards, which, you know, could easily have been done by a nurse. And it occurred to me in a biggish practice that I was in that was there a role for an ambulatory nurse? And I think there really is. How do you feel? I know that's something you're really passionate about. How do you feel about it? Yeah, definitely. So this is something that um, has been one of my topics that I've been um, throwing around. Um, so I used to do a little bit um, at a practice that I used to work at. Um, I'll get sent out to do, um, you know, lots of stuff that involve um, client care, I guess. So um, bandage changes um, and things like, you know, demonstrating medication as well, because I think we forget, particularly with, you know, complicated conditions such as like equine metabolic syndrome, you you diagnose that in the in the patient, you send this owner home with this massive long list of stuff where they basically change the animal's entire management program. They don't want to stick to that unless someone's there to help them, you know, like, to be honest, and, and, and that doesn't need to be a vet, you know, the vet absolutely needs to diagnose the problem, and they need to come up with a treatment plan. And then the RVN can step in and they can go out to the yard, check on the owner are they okay do they understand how to weigh take the horse properly do they understand body condition scoring do they understand how to give the medication you know the owner can't restrict the grazing so you go out and you say okay well let's look at your fields let's look at your stabling let's look at what we can do so rather than saying no you have to do this in which case they'll be like oh no I can't why don't we go and actually work out a way forwards for them a compromise for them and I think nurses are in such a good position to do that because we like talking to people and um, we're okay at communicating. Um, a lot of us have our own horses, so we understand husbandry and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we love it. We love doing it. I think this um, bond between clients and nurses is just something that should be worked on. You know, it will benefit them because of our experience and we have the time and we have the skills to help them. But also, how else are we going to increase the public perception of veterinary nurses from people who pat ponies on the head all day? And I love a pony pat. Love it. Love grooming ponies, love squishing their faces, love it. it's the best part of the job. However, I'm also qualified to do lots of other stuff and I would like the owners to understand that as well. So how do we ever get across this the public perception, the correct public perception of a veterinary nurse if we don't go out and show them what we can do? So it's a fantastic platform for us to be able to do that as well. Yeah, and I think you, you've, you've mentioned something that I agree with 100% there, that, you know, individuals are going to have their own skill sets irrespective of whether they're a nurse or a vet or a technician or whatever some people are blooming good at talking to to clients and very good at the behavioral change stuff you know that trendy word we've got more and more now you know some people are just good at showing and convincing and educating and teaching people how to do things and where better placed are nurses that are good at that to them when they're helping clients at their yards and like you say if they can be ambulatory nurses going out showing them how to do things how to change things consulting basically isn't it consulting showing supporting then you will get a much better response rate from these people we know that so much of um you know failure of cases to come right you know is is down to 
sometimes the, the lack of clients understanding what they need to do and adhering to it. And so if we can improve those things, we're going to have much better success rates, aren't we, for our for our patients. So, you know, the welfare is going to improve no end if we can yeah. try and channel this sort of skill set that we've got in our team already into being used in better ways and more efficiently. And I think that's another key thing, isn't it? You know, nowadays with petrol prices and everyone being so time poor and the cost of everything going up, if we can better use people in a more efficient way, then the practice is going to benefit. And this is where it comes down to being a business decision as much as anything. Not only are you going to keep your employees happier and more fulfilled and better challenged and feeling like they've got a purpose, but you're going to have a much better business model. And, you know, there is just win-wins all over the place here. I just can't see how this can't end up being a good thing, basically. I mean, just to touch on, I mean, we're getting near to our, our, our sort of limit, really, on how long we're going to talk for. And I'd be glad to have you back any time to keep talking about this, particularly when we've got some updates from the committee um, about changes that are going ahead. But just in terms of um, this diversifying that we were talking about, you know, you've had 19 years in practice and you've had a really varied career path. You've done lots of different things. You know, you're training, you're advocating you've you've tried to achieve something of a work-life balance I presume amongst all this and you've also tried to sort of channel your passions that are related to your profession so you went out and worked at Gambia in Gambia for two times didn't you doing some volunteering you know what would your advice be to somebody either looking to start a career in equine veterinary nursing or early on in career or even somebody that's much further into the career but perhaps losing that will to live a bit and not sure what to do next what would your sort of take home message be for those people about how they can keep either keep going or how they can change their career path to suit them yeah and I mean don't ever feel trapped in and don't ever feel scared to you know walk step away from the clinical if that's not what you want to do anymore if it's not floating your boat but I mean before you do that go and have a look at what's going on in other practices because that's what I did a lot I spent a lot of time um Rossdales have had me a number of times and extremely grateful to them um showed me what referral nursing was Lee Hurst have taken me on a number of times and all it costs me is a bit of cake and my own time and it's not expensive to do this you just go and you crash them for a little while and you help them out um, and that has been enormously helpful I spent some time at Rainbow Equine and still now in my role um, you know being an educator I still go and spend time in practice at these places um, now and I've done it this year I did it last year just to keep my hand in just to see what's going on I just know I'm not getting out of date you know it's not like I don't know what's going on anymore and it's lovely and it just gives you a whole new view so if you were in first opinion practice and you were struggling go and spend a few days somewhere in referral or vice versa or find someone that's doing ambulatory nursing and spend a day with them I did that last year one of my friends who's just started to specialize in ambulatory nursing went out on calls with her for a day great day had the best time don't be scared to go and try something else it doesn't necessarily cost you money it might cost you a bit of time um and then the yeah. other thing as you mentioned was the volunteering is probably one of the best things I ever did was to go somewhere to go to a different country and give you time for free and you know help people and I think they taught me more than I taught them I've got to be honest it was just the best experience so and if you want something a bit more close to home there's always the the beaver trust the clinics that are run by the beaver trust so I've done a few of those as well so doing the castration clinics you get to meet new people you get to do new things um just you know I can't actually recommend that enough just going out and doing something different will just clear your head make you you know realize where you want to go and then go there like don't be scared to go there once you've decided or you've got that idea like you know you know really run with it I think and just believe in yourself uh, so, like, you're infectious, really. Your passion, <laughs> grabbing the ball. That's a compliment. 
No, it is. It's making me want to go and do some volunteering straight away. I mean, I'd love to do it. And I think you're right. I think it's easy to stagnate. I think mm. we all we we will all suffer from it at some point. And if you don't, you're really lucky. But it's easy to just sort of get stuck in a bit of a rut and not really know where to go. But the theme in all you've said to me is really contact people, get in touch with people, go places, see things, do things, try things. You know, if you don't sort of put, dip your toe, I suppose, or reach out to to people. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's out there. And you don't know what opportunities you've got. So I think that's it, isn't it? It's it's making the most of those opportunities and, and people. That's I think people are the key to that, aren't they? So, Absolutely. you know, thank you for talking to us today. I think that's a lot of food for thought there for anyone considering either a, a veterinary nursing career or even for those that work with our veterinary nurses, such as the vets, such as the practice managers, to think about how we can better use these members of our team that are so utterly valuable. Um, I hope to have you back soon and we can talk a bit, maybe have a committee update well, some of the meetings that are taking place in the next couple of months. And I wish you a lovely day, Marie. Thank you for your time. Perfect. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. This episode of Beaver Pod was produced by Beaver. For more details on the benefits of your Beaver membership and the products and services offered, please go to our website at www beaver.org.uk